From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Jake of All Trades, the podcast show focused on helping you make smart choices with your money. I'm your host, Jake Rivas, and today we're going to be talking about financial windfalls in honor of the Mega Millions Powerball at $1.6 billion and the two-hour-long lines of people eager to buy those lottery tickets, and their chances are uh, 1 in 350 million of actually winning. Um, It seems unlikely that you're going to win that Powerball, but here's something that you might be likely to uh, receive in the coming future if you're lucky enough. Did you know that uh, the baby boomer generation is the wealthiest generation in history with an estimated $30 trillion in wealth that over the next 20 years should be transferring in the form of inheritance onto us as the millennial generation, which is an astounding amount of money. So if you think about it, our parents, as they get older and pass away, if they have money to pass along, um, that comes to us. And technically, that's kind of like winning the lottery, right? So on today's episode, I want to talk about Um, what the financial implications are of receiving those assets and how you should plan accordingly. Because honestly, I have seen several of my own clients find themselves in this situation recently, and it requires a lot of planning and a lot of care so that you don't make a mistake and you don't squander this amazing opportunity that's presented itself. Albeit, it's it's a very difficult time, obviously, but it should not be taken lightly um, because there's a lot of planning implications that come to uh, when it when it comes to you inheriting such a large amount of money. So let's talk about this. We're talking about a financial windfall here. It can be a very difficult time because it's the loss of a loved one usually, and uh, so you're dealing with strong emotions. You're also dealing with the complexities of an influx of wealth that you may or not may not be used to. And there's a lot of complexity to deal with that. So today I want to take you through a three-step process of how I would suggest you organize yourself when dealing with this, uh, It should it happen to you. And of course, there's a lot of different variables, and this is just a very quick kind of uh, over-the-top blush of, of this process, obviously I would suggest you consult a financial professional if this, if you find yourself in this situation, but this is a good, these are good rule of thumbs just for you to consider should this happen to you. So, um, obviously if you win the Powerball, that's fantastic. Congratulations to you, but it seems unlikely. So let's say that you receive an inheritance and it's likely that the inheritance you receive is going to be a mix of assets. Um, usually it's not just one thing. So you're the family member or whoever it was that passed along the assets to you. Uh, they accumulated a lot of different stuff. So they might've had some real estate. They might've had a retirement account, maybe some life insurance, uh, some physical property, some jewelry. Um, and so there's stuff all over the place, right? So step one in this process, I always suggest is you need to stop and take inventory of what you have. 
Now, there's a couple of ways you can do that, but I would always suggest a checklist. There's usually a checklist. There's a free checklist available online. Um, But also, depending on who the executor of the estate is, they're going to have a pretty decent checklist because you're obviously, you were the uh, beneficiary of all of this stuff. So they're going to have a pretty good idea of what you are to receive. So consult with the executor, executrix of the estate. They're going to be able to tell you, all right, this, these are the assets that you're going to receive. And so once you have that list, we need to define what types of assets they are. And by that, I mean, do we have cash assets? Do we have retirement assets? Do we have real property And because all of those have different tax implications. And so when we think about what we're going to do with all of these assets, we have to be very cautious about where we take money and from what bucket we take the money because the tax implications are all different. So uh, the first thing would be, all right, if you're a very common um, form of an inheritance would be life insurance proceeds because uh, I know it's morbid, but someone usually passes away when you receive an inheritance. And if someone passes away, sometimes there was life insurance on that person. And so therefore you're going to receive a death benefit. So just a lump sum of money. If you receive that lump sum of money, you're going to receive that in the form of just cash. And so what are you going to do with that cash? That's not in a retirement account. It's likely going to be in just an account with an insurance company. They like to keep that money in an insurance company but you can also just put it in a bank account. Now, the first thing to remember with that is watch out for and remember the FDIC insured limits. So if you don't know this, when you have money in a bank account, like in your bank account, it's insured by uh, the FDIC up to certain limits. So that means if you lose money in there, if somebody steals money from your bank account, they will replace it for you up to a certain amount. That amount is $250,000 per registration type. So what that means is you can have an individual account at a bank up to $250,000, and then you can have a joint account with your spouse or somebody else, and you can also have another $250,000 of protection. If you receive $500,000 in life insurance proceeds from someone, don't put all $500,000 into a single bank account just in your name. Because then what might happen if you were to if somebody were to get a hold of your information and steal some of that money, you're only protected up to $250,000. So remember those FDIC limits when it comes to inheriting large sums of just cash and you're thinking about parking that kind of money in a bank account. Okay. The next thing that you might receive would be stock. So or stock or mutual funds, uh, bonds, um, the liquid investments. If you receive those, you need to determine what type of account they sit in. They could sit in a retirement account or they could be held directly or they could be just in a brokerage investment account. If they're in like a brokerage investment account, Best probably to just hold tight. Just hold them there. It's probably okay. And you can evaluate those stocks and bonds, and eventually you can decide if you want to sell them, if you want to keep them. You have a lot of flexibility if you inherit those those stocks or bonds. 
Now, if you inherit the stocks, bonds, or mutual funds, and they're inside of somebody's retirement account, like an IRA or somebody's 401k, the first thing is do not immediately take them out. Do not immediately take a distribution. The reason for that is you will be taxed on that distribution. Because remember, anything that's in a retirement account has not been taxed yet, unless it's a Roth uh, retirement account. But even still, even if it's a Roth retirement account, I still say before you know exactly what it is, just leave it in the retirement account until you're very comfortable with exactly what it is. Now, later, we'll talk about um, some ways to access it in a tax-efficient manner. But for now, as step one, when you're taking inventory, remember you have that retirement account. Just leave it there and know, okay, I have a retirement account, and there are tax implications for this, but don't just fully take the money out. And then obviously, if you have received real property like a home or something, there's not much you can do with that immediately. You can hold on to it um, and sit tight on that type of asset. So once we have our inventory of all the stuff that we've inherited, we can feel overwhelmed because we have a lot of stuff, but at least we know exactly what we have in the composition of it, and we can understand what the tax implications are, and we know that we're protected, right? If we have cash and it's in a bank account, we know that we have stayed within our FDIC limits, so we're protected if it's stock or mutual funds, we have just held on to it. Um, and then if it's in a retirement account, we haven't distributed it, so we haven't received any negative tax consequences just yet. Um, and so we're protected from that standpoint. Any real property, we're just going to hold on to it initially. Step two, we need to start prioritizing our needs because there's no sense in starting to liquidate assets, sell things, take money out, if we have no idea what we need to start doing and using it for, right? Because you were blessed with this gift, and you would want your loved one who blessed you with this to use it in the ways that you want to. So really thinking through what it is that you want to do with it is really uh, giving back to them in a good way. So the next step is to prioritize your needs. So this is my this is going to be my example of how I I believe you should prioritize your needs in this order. First thing is do you have an emergency fund? If you don't have an emergency fund, this is probably going to be the first thing you need to put on your list of things to accomplish with your inheritance. The amount varies. Remember we've talked about 3 to 6 months of living expenses. That amount Depends on you, but that living expense number is really what the living expense amount is that you, if you were in an emergency situation, the bare minimum that you would need to get by. So just your basic bills, take that amount every month, multiply it by three or six. That amount is what you should keep in a bank account. Next thing should be, do you have any high interest debt? So credit card, um, a car loan that's got a high interest uh, rate on it, anything that's got high interest that you're tired of paying for, um, that would probably be a secondary objective that you would want to pay off with your inheritance. Number three, do you have any unprotected risks? So what that means is do you have children, but you don't have any life insurance protection? So you're fortunately in this situation because 
maybe it was your parents or your grandparents or somebody was looking out for your best interests and they had life insurance or they had thought about you and protected you by having these this protection in place when they passed away and now you're fortunate enough to receive the benefit, you don't want to leave your children stranded without something. So having some protection in place also needs to be a priority for you. So if you don't have those protections in place, that also needs to be on your list of priorities to accomplish with this uh, inheritance. And not only life insurance, we're talking about disability insurance as well, because your ability to earn an income is your greatest asset. And if you have people in your life who are dependent on your ability to earn that income, then you need to be protected. And you can use some of these resources that you've recently inherited to help fund that if you weren't able to do so before. And then uh, the final thing would be, do you have unfunded planning goals? So are there things that you would like to accomplish that you haven't been able to do so yet because you just didn't have the capital to do it? That would be things like you would like to buy a house, you just haven't been able to do it yet. Maybe you want to have a child, you just can't haven't been able to afford it, or you have a child, but you haven't been able to start saving for college, or maybe it's something for you. You haven't been able to start your own personal retirement fund, and now you can. Um, there's a lot of things that could fall under your planning goals. It doesn't have to be fall in one of those categories. I'm just giving those as examples. Um, so that would fall. I only put that at the end because as a, as a planner this is a somewhat unexpected influx of money. And so the most important thing is to protect yourself first before you start planning and um, using it for your, your uh, planning goals, right? So we, we need to get all of our protections in place because otherwise if we start using it for the fun stuff, and we haven't taken care of the stuff we need to, like our emergency savings and taking care of debt, those things are going to come back to haunt us, and then we're going to end up invading our house fund and our college fund in order to pay off that other stuff because naturally life happens. So that would be the prioritization. When we think about prioritizing our needs, emergency fund first, then high-interest debt Look at unprotected risks. So am I protected with life insurance, disability insurance, um, and then unfunded planning goals? So what do I want to do, and what have I not been able to start working towards? What have I not been able to get a jump start on? Now, the final step, step number three. We're going to evaluate which of our inherited assets can be turned into income streams, and which ones should be lump sum payouts to accomplish the goals. So this one's this gets a little technical, so we're going to jump back to our uh, composition of the inheritance, right? So we're going to say we received some life insurance and we got a retirement account and then we got um, a home. So somebody left us a, a, a piece of property. What I'm talking about here is there are opportunities for you to take some assets and live off of income, so taking distributions from those assets without taking the full amount of the money and using it. 
That can increase the longevity of the asset, which means obviously increase the life of the asset. And that helps achieve more longer-term goals and preserves the life of it. And then some of those assets you can just use lump sum, which accomplish some of your other goals immediately. But there's no sense in taking all of it and immediately putting it towards goals with, and then you have nothing left. One of the best tools for turning into an income stream is going to be a retirement account. And here's why. If you inherit a retirement account, there is something that's called a RMD or a required minimum distribution. What this is, is the IRS says you are um, on traditional retirement accounts a retirement, uh, an owner of a retirement account at age 70 and a half is required to start taking a minimum distribution from their account. If they haven't taken distributions before, they have to start taking money out at 70 and a half. The logic behind it is that you got a tax deduction when you put the money into the account. If you don't ever take money out, then the IRS never receives their taxable, their revenue uh, from the account because they're waiting on you to take money out and pay taxes. So they force you to do that at 70 and a half. Well, if the IRA owner passes away and there's still money in that IRA and it passes on to the beneficiary, the IRS would still like to receive their revenue. So you as the new owner of that IRA are going to be required to continue taking that RMD. That can serve as a wonderful income stream for you throughout your lifetime. Now, the amount is completely dependent on the size of the account, but what it does is it doesn't force you to take the entire amount out. It just forces you to take a small percentage out of the account, which allows the account to stay invested, growing, and then provides you with an extra little bit of income. That income can be used to fund some planning goals, like uh, a college fund for your kids. It could, it could be used to pay for life insurance or disability insurance on your life. It could be used to make your mortgage payment on your house. They could be used for a multitude of things. But the important thing is it could be used for something that is a recurring payment in your life that is also a financial goal for you without completely eliminating one of your inherited assets. So that's one of the best uh, income stream inherited assets you can receive from a family member. Now, when we think about lump sum assets, one of those could be uh, the selling of real property. So it's not uncommon to have a family member who passes away leave their, their home to siblings And none of the siblings want the house, so they collectively sell the property, and then there's a pool of money that's distributed to the siblings. Well, now you have this nice pool of money. That could be used in a single lump sum to fund your emergency fund, right? So if we have a $150,000 home, and it's split between two people, two siblings, $75,000 each, you get that $75,000. That's how much you've needed to have in an emergency fund, but you just haven't been able to get there. Put that in your savings account and done. Check it off the list. Your emergency savings is completely funded. 
and that portion of your inheritance may be gone, but guess what? It satisfied one of your needs, and you can check it off the list. And then what you can also do when it comes to, let's talk about life insurance. Life insurance, let's say you received life insurance and you have it just sitting in the bank account. One of the options you could do would be take that money, invest it in something, and turn that into an income stream. Just like we did with the uh, retirement account where we were taking distributions, the life insurance has not been tied into a retirement account, so it's still fully liquid and it's sitting in a bank account, what you could do would be to take that, put it into a brokerage account, invest it in some mutual funds, stocks, and bonds, have it grow a little bit, be able to take distributions from it as needed to pay off some of your debt, but you could also use it to fund some of your planning goals. So you could use it to buy your house, um, have a child, and it seems it, it might be unlikely that you use all of it And so now you have an extra cushion on top of your emergency savings that's not necessarily sitting in cash, but can be used as a secondary savings to continue funding planning goals. But the important thing is that you didn't just cash it out immediately. You did something proactive with it, and it's still there as a resource to be used for the future. So that's really a three, that's a great three-step process. If you find yourself in the situation where you're, luck, you're fortunate enough to have received an inheritance, albeit it might be a difficult time for you, remember this three-step process. Take Step one, take inventory of what you have. Just sit down without anybody else, figure out what you have on paper, and then step two, prioritize your needs for you. What is it that you and your family need from a financial perspective and write it all down. And then step three is the really important and can be the difficult one. Evaluate what assets can be turned into an income stream and which ones should be lump sum payouts to to fund your goals. And that one can be difficult on your own. Sometimes a financial professional can really help uh, solidify that one for you, which I always, of course, recommend. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of Jake of All Trades. Be sure to follow me on social media by searching for at Jake's Two Cents and check out my blog at jakestwocents.com. And remember, you are the expert of your own life, and that's my two cents. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.